You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. Happy Valentine's Day from 80s Revisited. On this episode, we got a little micro-review of Black Roses, which kind of goes with the Valentine's Day theme, since we're talking about My Bloody Valentine, which Ooh. came out on February 11th, 1981, the same day as one-third of Destiny's Child was born, Kelly Rowland's birthday. Mm. And I also, I'll go over my thoughts of John Wick 2, which is a perfect date movie for yourself, because that's how I had to watch it, because my wife had other plans, but it was worth <laughs> every <really>? second. <laughs> I just sat there with my popcorn, didn't have no judgy eyes, or nobody bothered me. Because whenever wow. we go see a movie, I know this is long for the intro, but let me get it in That's real fine. quick. It's long for the intro, but anytime we watch a movie, and if it's any place that we've ever been, Autumn looks at me and goes, been there. And it drives me crazy. It's just her little, it's just a little quirk. And John Rick, too, he goes to Rome. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, like, thank God she's not here. Because every five seconds, been there, been there, been there, been there. So all that and more coming up on this episode. Oh, before I forget, right. if you haven't seen my bloody Valentine, I give it away. I spoil it in the intro and uh, the going over the cast so if you don't want to be spoiled yep. watch the movie first and then come listen to it but if you don't care it's all good coming up on 80s revisited this is 80s revisited i'm your producer jesse sedgley and now your host trey harris in the town of valentine plus there are many ways to die. Take your pick. My bloody Valentine. And now time for your hopefully hilarious podcast. <laughs> Take your pick. That doesn't make sense. Yes. Unless we were guitarists, then... Oh. Yeah. Miners use picks. Guitars use picks. <laughs> Young people use picks. Miners and miners use picks. Uh, nosologists. That's a stretch. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Rhinoplasters? Is that what it is? <laughs> what? Uh, rhinos. Uh, whatever. No. <laughs> Welcome back to Asian Visit. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Harris. With me, as always, my own personal, regular, non-bloody Valentine, Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. And here we, here we are with our special Valentine's Day episode, as promised and on time. Nonetheless, what? Yes, that's right. Uh, talking about the original My Bloody Valentine, opened February 11th, 1981. Very appropriate for the holiday, obviously. Uh, IMDb gives it a 6.2. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 50% critics, 52% audience. So a few people liked it better than the critics on critics on average. Uh, the budget was an estimated 2.3 Canadian million. Uh, domestically went on to gross 5.6, and that's the only information I could find out about the original 1981 version. Obviously, there's, you might have heard this because A, there's a band, and B, there is a remake that mm-hmm. uh, both carry the same name of My Bloody Valentine, so we'll get that a little bit later. Uh, but this is the original, directed by George Milahaka. Uh, he basically did various episodes of cable TV shows, uh, nothing really of note aside from My Bloody Valentine. Uh, but if there was a TV show from, the, uh, to, uh, from now until the uh, early 90s that only ran maybe one or two seasons, he probably did an episode of it. Uh, uh, by one or two seasons, I mean like you know, canceled after the first yeah, <laughs> or third episode. Never heard of. Yeah, uh, the only one I, when I was looking at the only one I really recognized that I remember was Da Vinci's Inquest. Yeah, because I, I see that on like the uh, local you know cheap stations, for lack of a better description. What about like, Lonesome Dove, The Outlaw Years. Well, I know Lonesome Dove, but not The Outlaw Years. <laughs> <laughs> sounds uh, sounds saucy. Yeah, sounds like something that didn't <laughs> last too long at all. But uh, written by John Beard. Uh, he didn't do much either, so 
That's all I got to say about that. And starring an all-star Canadian cast such as Paul Kelman as TJ, he's notable pretty much because he did an amazingly bad film from the 80s, which will eventually Called come. Called My Bloody Valentine. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is a masterpiece compared to the one I'm talking about, which is Black Roses, uh, which uh, <laughs> some of the greatest bad puppet work I've ever seen in a film wow. in Black Roses. But Black Roses was an amazing VHS film because... Uh, in the late 80s, 90s, you know, when comics were had that kind of second renaissance from uh, the golden age where, you know, gimmick covers, holograms, all sorts of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, emboss covers, all those kind of fun tricks that, you know, were awesome when you were a teenager or, you know, early early teens, whatever. But the VHS cover for this film, uh, as we're looking at now, Jesse, uh, it's got the guitar where, like, the uh, neck is covered in black roses, obviously. Mm-hmm. But the case was, like, hard plastic it's VHS size, not like a Disney clamshell case. Right. But that front of it was like embossed, where it was three so D. It, yeah. it was super cool, and <laughs> I spent all the budget on that. Pretty much. <laughs> so I guess they figured it would get people to buy it, which would suck if you had it for your VHS collection because it'd be that one VHS that you have to put on the end because uh-huh. it could never fit next to the others, or it would put like, dents in it, or like the Dark Knight case, uh, Blu-ray. It's the Batman mask. Oh, yeah. You're so the, I was yeah. like, that doesn't fit anywhere. Yeah, I have the Voltron sets from when they first came out on DVD, and mm-hmm. they were all in like clamp uh, metal tins, but they were 3D with like the lions on them. Mm. Can't keep them anywhere. <laughs> they just sit in a stack in my closet because yeah. there's nowhere to put them because they're so oddly shaped. But they did come out like a... I'm, I wish I could just give somebody those, and they would give me the more condensed packaging. Yeah. Because that gimmick packaging is just... I'm glad they don't they do should that too much. Make anymore. an outer box, you know. That would have been For nice. that purpose. Yeah. Yeah. That's what they used to do, like with uh, like the, uh, or a lot of the times with the stuff that you'd see like the ads for, mm-hmm. like VHSs or you know sets. Yeah, you buy the first part and you get the case with that first one, because of course the hope is oh then you're gonna buy the other six or seven or whatever to fill the case up, mm-hmm. and there's your you know everything's nice, neat, and stored. Yeah, so they don't do that too much anymore. Well, they, a lot of the time now, yeah. what they'll do is like they'll just package the Blu-ray in a case, regular case, but then mm. you get like a statue or something else that's sort of separate. Although, yeah, yeah. You know, for the most part, I think well, for those suckers that buy that, no, I'm yeah. <laughs> but then like McFarland, like they're Walking Dead sets. It's like they come in like the elaborate cases, like mm-hmm. you know, zombie heads or stuff like that. But then you can open it up, and then like it sits inside it to where you can take it out. You don't have to like keep your stuff in there. You have like a a more feasible storage option. You have your shelf piece and then you have your movie rack. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that's that's all about Black Roses. There's a spoiler. Actually, we just did Black Roses on the podcast because that's, <laughs> that's the biggest thing to say about that now movie. Now I got added it to the title. Uh, oh, we got added to the intro. Uh, Lori <laughs> Hallier with Sarah. Uh, lots of TV, everything from Matlock to Robocop. So she covers the gamut of TV, but she's just one of those random people that would appear on TV episodes. Uh, Neil Affleck, no relation to Ben. I made sure, just in case, was, <laughs> was Axel and not Rose. Uh, directed a few Simpsons episodes, and he's actually the animation timer for The Simpsons. So he's hmm. actually done pretty well for himself if you look yeah. at some of the, the other people that we're going to talk about on. If you're affiliated with The Simpsons, you got a job. Yeah, for a long time. Actually, only, well, he started in 91, looks like, yeah, in the animation alive. department, all the way up to 2009. I'm still seeing credits. Uh, he's out of a job then, unless yeah. he's still doing it. Well, he might have retired. Who knows yeah, how the well, animation might have changed? Maybe he was a traditional animation director. Maybe they True. went more, you know, computer with it. Who knows? Decided to get back into acting with hits like The Duchess of Cancun. <laughs> That's only in pre-production now. That's coming out this year. I know. I'm waiting. Well, I'm sure, he, you know, being, spoiler alert, the villain of the movie, 
He could easily go to horror conventions and make a few bucks if needed. Uh, uh, but of course, you don't know it's him till the very end. Spoiler, like I said, uh, which we'll get into. Uh, Alf Humph- uh, but he, uh, yeah, I said what he did. Uh, Alf Humphreys uh, was Howard. He was also in First Blood, uh, also X2, and most notably for me, Ernest Rides Again, <laughs> the first direct-to-video Ernest movie. So, unfortunately, uh, Cynthia Dale was Patty. She was also in Moonstruck, which is funny because you had on IMDb when we were looking up the movie, there was like a little clip of Moonstruck, like on the main page today for some reason. Because hmm. I saw Nicolas Cage and sharing it, and I was thinking, like, gosh, it sure was hot back then. Yeah. Uh, but anyway. Well, she's uh, trying to preserve that. <laughs> as, be- as best as modern <laughs> yeah. science can. Yeah. Exactly right. She sleeps in a mold. <laughs> so, yeah, I can't grow anymore. It'll just keep it the same shape. She has to return to the mold every like six hours to yeah. avoid droopage. Oh, she melts. Yeah. <laughs> There's a movie for you right there. That's, uh, a, that's a story. That's a show. But uh, two Based sen- on a true story. <laughs> well, she did mask. Now she can do mold. Oh, mold. <laughs> There you go. Uh, Two-sentence synopsis. Locked-up mental patient returns to kill again. Happy Valentine's Day. Uh, that's all I could get mm. out of that one. Not to, I haven't found like a witty medium for that little two-sentence synopsis, but I'll, I'll work on it. But uh, Jesse, have you ever seen and or heard of this film until five minutes ago? I have heard of this film. Did you hear about the film because of the remake or the band? Probably or because of the, the remake. Original? Gotcha. I haven't seen it. Uh, it's actually really good uh, for its time. Let me put it I that way. the trailer's pretty well cut. It's very, again, 81, and we're going to get into this later in the Back to the Future segment, but this is one of those holiday horror films. Thank you, Halloween. Thank you, Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, but this one, you know, it, you can, it could definitely be classified as a Halloween cash-in, much like Friday the 13th was in that same genre. Holiday horror, as I'll call it. That's, maybe that's the actual name for it. I don't know. Uh, but this one is worthy of it being itself. It's, it's, good, it's a good enough horror film. That I saw it once a long time ago. After uh, well, as well as we do on the podcast, I first saw this film like on TV. Somehow, I never saw the whole thing until after the remake came out. I was like, God, I remember. I vaguely remember the original. I don't remember much about it. I just remember the guy in the gas mask with the pickaxe. Let me go watch it, and that's when I saw the original for the first time in full, uncut. Even I don't even remember what channel I saw it on back in the day as a kid. But it scared the crap out of me because the killer's in a uh, gas mask mm-hmm. with a pickaxe. Uh, which, you know, if you like BDSM, I guess, you know, you might really, really love this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. But uh, this film, as a, like, at least the parts that I remember seeing as a kid are probably what... I mean, gas masks are just creepy to begin with. I mean, mm-hmm. they're, they're still used. Uh, Doctor Who in the 10th, I think the Christopher Eccleston, the first kind of comeback season, like there was an episode where like the little kid wore a gas mask and it was creepy. Mm. And he's like, I want my mummy! And then all of a sudden, the people that he turned, quote, or however, I don't remember if that's the correct way to describe it based on the what happened in the, the episode, but like they all had gas masks on. So you're being chased yeah. by people with gas masks going, Are you my mommy? You a know. lot of uh, indie filmmakers and local bands can use them on their album covers or yeah. <laughs> short films. <laughs> it makes it really gritty and scary. <laughs> and it, 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 like, I mean, it's just masks. like the hockey mask, you know, like uh, it's. It's something that has a practical use, mm-hmm. but you can make it creepy. You can yeah. make it terrifying. Just black out the eyes and somebody jump around the corner and like, oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. A gas, you know, honestly, I'd be more scared about somebody coming out with a gas mask because <laughs> I didn't know if they want to kill me or try to stick things inside me. <laughs> so in this day and age, at least. Right. But hey, if you're into that, not judging, just saying that's the thought process. I'm, I wouldn't know if I'm, you're going to kill me or do something else. Uh, I, well, honestly, in this day and age, same thing with a hockey mask or a mascot costume right. or who knows what else. Because <laughs> everything's... <laughs> Everything wants to kill you. Yeah. Keep that in mind. Kill you or fuck you. 
Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> One of the two is going to happen. That's uh, that's life. That's how it, it works out these the days. Clowns. But uh, upon <laughs> uh, when I originally watched it after the original, I was like, I loved it. I was like, God, like I can't, I'm I'm I wish I would have seen this a long time ago mm. because it is a product of its time. However, the gore effects in this are fantastic, mm. uh, and of course, you know, Halloween because of the masterful John Carpenter directing it and knowing that he had a shoestring budget. You know, there's there's really there's like maybe a cup full of blood at all in Halloween. People say, oh, you don't even see the blood. There is some blood in it. It's on like Jamie Lee's arm, that kind of thing. Yeah. But this, you see the kill. Like when, when Michael Myers stabs Brad or whatever his name was into the thing, like, you know, you see the visual, you see the silhouette, but you don't see, you know, blood dripping out and splattering on the floor or anything. Yeah. On this, I mean, you know, when he shoves a girl's head onto a shower rod, I mean, you see everything. Right. You know, I mean, it's the, the kills are fantastic. Uh, the gore effects are top notch for the Tommy in 1981. Brutal, and these and like, uh, of course it's rated R. Uh, I would based on what I've heard about how like some of the Friday the 13th have like their you know uncut versions, which is literally like the uncut like seconds, like lingering on a shot for one second less to get an R instead of an X. I'm mm-hmm. I'm really shocked this film won't have an X rating because some of these kills are gorier than anything in the Friday the 13th series. Wow. Uh, so I don't know if it's just, I don't know, maybe because it was approved in Canada, I was uh, say Canada, Canada. <laughs> Canada, or, you know, or maybe there, it had some slack with that, or who knows, mm. I, don't, I, I don't have the answers. I couldn't find any, like, concrete information, just a lot of people speculating and acting like they were people who worked on the film and stuff. But that's, that's the internet <laughs> for you. You can't believe anything. Right. In fact, me and Jesse aren't real. We're just a computer program designed to, you know, it's gather, uh, we're, we're ads. I mean, it's false. <laughs> <laughs> error, error, error. <laughs> Reset. No, but uh, if you haven't seen the original, I would highly recommend it. If you're a horror fan, if you don't like horror movies, you don't need to see it. There's nothing. There's nothing special about this film, other and then if you're a horror movie fan, uh, and it's a good Valentine's Day movie. <laughs> put it to you that way. Yeah. There. Are, you know, I would rather watch this than. Uh, isn't there a movie called Valentine's Day that's like a romantic comedy that came out a few years ago or something like that? Because they had that whole. Like post, uh, what's the uh, Christmas movie? Love Actually. Then you had like New Year's Day. Then you had, I think Valentine's Day was one. Like, mm-hmm. you know, back in the 80s, when a, ho- a movie came out with a holiday in it, it was a horror movie. Yeah. Now it's a romantic comedy or an ensemble cast, feel-good group movie, whatever. Uh, but, again, if you haven't seen this, fantastic. Uh, we'll talk about the remake later on in the Back to the Future segment because that's obviously not in the 80s. But if you're a horror movie fan... You really should see this because, as far as those knockoff go, knockoffs go of Halloween, starting mm-hmm. with Halloween in my in my book, you can. Yes, there's probably a horror movie that took place around the holiday before Halloween, but none of them did it better than Hall- Halloween is the one that caught that started the ripoff craze. Uh, no matter what came out before, in terms of like a holiday type thing, so. But mm-hmm. this bloody my bloody Valentine nineteen one is worthy to be mentioned up there with Friday the Thirteenth and. Halloween in my book. Uh, it's a good, solid horror movie. It's the, the idea of the killer, why he kills on Valentine's Day, it makes sense because while people were partying, instead of looking for the minors, they were, you know, he was cannibalizing the victims. And well, let me phrase that because I spoiled it already. But mm. that's the original boogeyman from the movie. That was his backstory. And then the other one, the actual killer in the film. Uh, which if you don't remember who I said in the beginning, I won't spoil it again till the end, so in case you didn't catch that, you could watch it and not uh, be spoiled by it. Uh, then you find out his motivation, and 
you know, it, it goes, to, it, it tried to differentiate itself from, it is a slasher, let's get that straight, but it, at least there is something there other than just, you know, in Hollow, you know, they didn't try to ape the mystique of Halloween, because Halloween's fantastic, because you never really know why, until like, you know, right there at the end and stuff, I mean, uh, and even in part two, even, you know, it's just, he, it's an unstoppable force that's stalking these people, and Friday the 13th, you know, it's, oh, it's Mrs. Voorhees in the first one. Spoiler alert for that one, but I'm pretty sure you've seen, everybody knows that. Thank you, Scream, uh, for yeah. spoiling that movie for the current <laughs> generation. Uh, you know, so, but then Jason comes out and there, you know, it's never been explained. Oh, he watched his mother get killed. But why does he jump out of the, like, why was he, like, why was she killing anybody if he was still alive? You could debate, you could debate that stuff like that, you know, but it, you yeah. accept it because it's Friday the 13th and you want to see an, another one because it's awesome seeing Jason slaughter these annoyingly bad actors. <laughs> Except Kevin Bacon, 99% bad actors. Right. Uh, well, you never know what they're going to become. That's true. Like Johnny Depp and. Yeah, Nightmare. Yeah, and such <laughs> things. He, can, he needs to go back to something like that because uh, we talked about Fantastic Beasts. Like, it's rare that a big star goes into a horror movie. Yeah. Which is why, like, Kevin Bacon still, like, distances himself from distances himself from Friday the 13th. So. Also the cost of getting someone like that. Yeah. It's not worth but, I mean, killing them. To me, screen. like, you know, if you're going to, like, because let's, the next, the next Friday the 13th movie that comes out will be the 13th one. Yeah. Go big, go big. Mm-hmm. Get a name. Get, like, somebody with some gravitas. Bring, you know, put the time into it. Don't try to cheapen it out. Bring back the series. Do something. Mm-hmm. Like, get a good, some, a good script. Do something different. You know, just don't give it to Rob Zombie. There, there. I saved you one phone call right there, executives at Paramount. Uh, you know, so because it's still in production hell, as far as I'm. Last thing I've heard about it, you know, but they keep saying, "Oh, we might have a writer and blah blah blah." But do it right. Like for example, we'll we'll talk about the remake now for my buddy Valentine to keep it on target. But you know, when they remade that a few years ago, uh, they did it right. You know, I didn't. I didn't have. Well, also, I didn't have a love for the first one or appreciation. I should say. I knew about it. Never, like I said, never watched the whole thing until afterwards. But you know, I believe Valentine the remake. It, you know, a lot of people know I hate remakes. However, that one wasn't bad. But it, they also knew they were redoing it, and they really had a skilled. If you didn't see it in the theaters, I would. I would not recommend it. I'd say go watch the first one. The 3D in My Bloody Valentine 3D was phenomenal. Hmm. Uh, granted, it maybe it's because it's the first 3D movie that I saw in a the- modern 3D movie that came out. But I mean, the opening credits you're like you know, really well done. Uh, you're like zooming through the papers, are like burning, and you're going through it, so it's coming right at you, just like a, a quality 3D, like a Disneyland ride hmm. type situation, you know, a simulator type stuff. Uh, there's this fantastic kill. I mean, it, it's humorous in hindsight, but at the time you're just like, damn. Where like he, the pickaxe goes through a bottom jaw, and like out the out the mouth, so the, the person's still alive. But the cool thing is like it, 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 it's it, believe me, it's cool at the time. You see a shot from inside the mouth, and that's when it goes through. So it comes right at you. And when you're watching it in 3D, you're more so shocked about this giant pickaxe coming at you than you are the fact you're getting a little shop of horror shot through the mouth. You know, Dennis mouth, uh, mouth shot. <laughs> but it was the 3D was exceptional in that film. In fact, until Avatar, I never saw a 3D film in a theater that had such good use of 3D to where it actually felt like it was worth seeing in 3D. Uh, so, wow. Uh, of course, that ship has passed for that film to see it in 3D. Uh, 
But I, I, if, let's say if they re-released it to theaters in 3D, like for Valentine's Day, for whatever reason, which is never going to happen, right? I would go see it again. A, to make sure that my original viewpoint was correct, but also because I remember it being it just money. fantastic in 3D. And I've seen other horror movies in 3D, and nothing ever came like close to that hmm. in terms of just the... Because, you know, just like with any 3D movie, you can't, have, you can't do a Friday the 13th 3D, which is hilarious to watch... Nowadays, because you you know every, all this stuff is happening because it was in 3D, you know. Oh, the tent pole goes towards the screen. There's a random scene of a snake biting at the screen. The popcorn. You're getting an overhead shot of popcorn because it's popping towards the screen. With my boy Valentine 3D, it would just it would happen organically. Yeah. Like if you you know you in every horror movie the killer throws something at somebody, but you know mm. it's coming at you. It looks good. And then like I said, the shot through the mouth. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> And you you're jumping because it's coming at you, and like you're just, damn, you know. So I can't speak as to whether the movie's good or not without seeing it in 3D because I only saw it one time at the theater. Yeah. But however, uh, the first one phenomenal. Uh, actually, that's too strong a word. It's it's phenomenal for what it is being a Halloween ripoff uh, in spirit, but in execution, for lack of a better word, it's a good horror film. Hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad they did a remake and there's never been a sequel because they don't need to make a sequel to it. It's a good story. Uh, in fact, Jesse, remind me to mention that uh, if you haven't seen it, I spoiled the killer in the beginning. Just <laughs> okay. so that way if somebody hasn't seen it, they won't get mad that I spoiled the killer in the first five minutes of the podcast because we normally do it at the end or you know give more of an advanced warning. That's okay. But uh, These people have seen it. I would hope so. <laughs> uh, but anyway... Uh, that pretty much does it, like in terms of just the point of like you know, uh, thoughts on it. But hmm. it's, it really it it holds up. It has that '80s feel to it in terms of not just the the look of it, but just it's like an old it, because it is an old school horror movie. It's yeah. still when you watch it now, you get that vibe from it, which that's what I like. Uh, last Halloween, like when we watched some of the Friday the Thirteenth, you know, they were all on Hulu, so mm-hmm. you got to watch them in 1080p. And for me, it was almost like this isn't as good. I know it's very different. It's it's just like I don't want to see like, this clearly. Like it's, I was watching like the old Indiana Jones. I mean, it's like at sixty frames a second and yeah. then 1080p. It's it's kind of odd. Yeah, and well, I, I I believe it's also because especially for the older movies because you rem- your mind you remember exactly how they looked. Yeah, and like I don't remember seeing the wires there, or <laughs> I didn't realize that was a painting, or right. you know. But when you see stuff on Blu-ray, it's a double-edged sword. Some some old movies look fantastic on Blu-ray, yeah. Uh, but then some, like Friday Thirteenth, I saw the the DVD collection, that one of the set, one of the numerous sets they put out. That's the one I watch. I don't watch the digital ones because mm. I want that. You know, and I'm not trying to sound like some sort of hipster who listens to stuff on vinyl because it's the pure sound. <laughs> it's just the aesthetic. It's simply. Right. I wish, like, if the Blu-rays had, like, you know, and watch it in a, you know, drive-in filter or whatever. Like, I would watch it like that because that adds to the, just the feel of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it all, it, it goes hand-in-hand with what you're watching. Now, if I'm watching Star Wars, I want to watch a nice, clean version of it. Yeah. You know, or something, you know, more fantastical, like, you know, to where you know it looks better. But some things you want them to look a little grungy. And not that artificial grungy that some films do because they want to be cool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but just simply because... You know, if you're re- if you're putting out a Blu-ray of My Bloody Valentine remastered, the original, I hope that after it's remastered, you look at it and then you're like, okay, nah, let's not let's scratch off that remastered and just release it because it looks better, or give an option mm-hmm. to watch it. You know, original, unclean ver or uh, you know whatever verbiage you want to put on there. 
Uh, but if you can track down uh, maybe a DVD copy of the original, I don't know if it's, I'm not sure it's on Blu-ray. I watched a uh, DVD uh, quality version, 4DP version. And it looked great, like in 4DP. You know, the the kills have that dirty, you know, and in, especially in Hornby, that's the thing too. When it's not crystal clear, you don't, the blood doesn't look as fake or as runny or the wrong color red or whatever. When you're watching it, you know, with a little lower of a resolution, it just seems more brutal and realistic. Not that you, you know, you like seeing realistic people, things of murder, but you know, that <laughs> some people do. Some people do. Yeah. Some people are on, you know, what was it? Uh, Gore. What was that site? I don't remember. There was one, a big site that was all about like real death and all that. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Well, there was the old VHS tapes of Faces of Death. There was a, there's a website, <laughs> though. Uh, I can't remember, but there, it was party, party, party. It was party popular. It was pretty popular, like upon among like message boards back in the day, like Newgrounds and all oh, that, geez. like uh, some site. But it was like the you know autopsy photos and you know this dude got hit by a train. If I saw the name of it, I remember it. it wasn't best score. Eh. Death. Well, they, there's just hundreds of them now. Yeah, no, I mean, there's. Uh, just seeing. Anyway. Just, I mean, if you, if you want to see that shit, you can Google it. There was one, like, Ogrish? back in the day. That sounds really oh, familiar. that is it. It is Ogrish. Yeah. <laughs> that is it. Ogrish, back in the day, like, oh, hey, check it out. Just release photos of Kurt Cobain yeah. or, you know, whatever. Like, it, it, it had, like, real gore and, like, you know, but it's, it's still got that sleazy aspect to it in terms of, like, when you watch an old horror movie not in crystal clear. Because, I mean, we're watching this barroom scene right now. Who wants to see this crystal clear where you can see the the chest hair on this dude, and, <laughs> you know, the pores on him and stuff like that. You know, it, 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 add, it helps the belief, again, by believability in a horror movie, I'm talking about the immersion factor. Because, you know, it'd be like if you're watching a movie and Jason squeezes somebody's head and the blood's blue. Immediately you're taken out like, what? But if it's red, even if the effect's bad, it, the essence of what it's doing is still, still comes through. And then like when you, unless it's really bad, which mm-hmm. if you watch them I mean, on Blu-ray or... <laughs> you know, digital cleaned up versions, that's where that comes through most of the time, like just how bad it was. Hmm. But, you know, just like when you watch, we mentioned before in the podcast, when you watch the old Christopher Superman movies, you, you know, as a kid, I never, ever remembered seeing The Wires. You watch the Blu-ray versions, every shot. Every shot. There's, there's The Wires, there's The Wires. Wire Man. <laughs> Not so super anymore. <laughs> you know, so like, if I was going to show my kids like some of those older movies, I'd make sure, I would at least I would try to find like, yeah, you know, but I, well, my copies would obviously be ones like that because yeah. that's what I like watching. But you know, it's like when you watch He Man because He Man's on Masters of the Universe on Netflix. By the way, if you, in case you forgot, we mentioned that last time. You haven't watched any yet, but uh, you know, the, it's really sharp, and you see like the lines and not my lines. I mean, like you know, uh, like the dark black lines. You see that they're not solid. They're like you see the not scratch marks, but I mean. You know, the brush strokes, for lack of a better word. That's yeah. what I'm trying to get. You know, you, which, in a sense, is cool, but it also, like, you know, it's like, God, it's so clear and so crystal clean. Like, that's not how it was back in the day. It was a, it was a 480i television that we watched this on. Four by three. Yeah, you know. And not just, you know, not to sound like an old fart about it, but that, that, <laughs> that does add something to it when you watch certain yeah. things. Not everything, because no one wants to, I want to go back in time, but some things uh, are just really add that extra appeal in that format. But anyway, we got some trivia about this film. Uh, it was actually shot in real mines, which were often as much as 900 feet underground, and they can only use certain types of lighting devices for the scenes because of the potential danger of methane explosions. Oh, jeez. So, 
Uh, Nowadays, when we have problems, everything the LED. Yeah, it's not hot. Right. That's you know, true. but like some of your lights we shot with, we were in a mine. Five hundred watt. Yeah. We'd be dead. <laughs> you know. So, uh, and this is eighty one. So I don't. I don't even know what type of lighting they would have to use. Big. Just that's all I know. It's big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the uh, producers Andre Link and John Dunning. Uh, they said the film's origin came about when they sought to find a holiday which a slasher film had not been set on during the flasher flick boom of the early eighties. And they settled on Valentine's Day in order to keep the idea from being copied. Excuse me, I, I read it too fast. They settled on Valentine's Day and in order to prevent the idea from being copied, the fa- they made the film's working title The Secret, although they had the release, t- they had the release title in mind the whole time. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want anybody else. Oh, they're making a, you know, Sean Cunningham being one of those types of people. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're making this, so let me get this made out real quick. Yeah. You know, like he did with uh, Leviathan, where we were talking about the underwater month mm. or uh, shows that we did, how he made that because he heard the abyss was being made. Well, they do that all the time nowadays. Yeah. Oh, especially the independent studios. Like, oh, yeah. you know, uh, Paul Greengrass is doing the gripping drama United 93. Oh, 93. Atlantic Rim. <laughs> yeah, Atlantic Rim, 93 United. Uh, there was several of them. Like, uh, what, Transmorphers? Yeah. <laughs> you know, all those Walmart $5 bin movies? Yeah. You know, so that, that does still happen today. But of course, back then, you had to actually make a movie, you know, with equipment and everything, mm-hmm. not just, you know... Oh, trans, uh, we got to do Transmorphers 4, Jesse. Let's, uh, you got about an hour. We can get studio. it done in about 45 minutes with our iPhones and, <laughs> you know, put it out, press the DVDs, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it's a big, it was a big deal back then not to let that get out to where a ripoff will come out and, you know, then you, you don't make any money. Not this, the original made a whole bunch of money. Uh, I mean, based on the numbers I found, it doubled its budget. But again, when your budget's 2.3, that's still, you know, obviously it didn't warrant a sequel. You know, it, it didn't Friday the 13th, the franchise. Uh, according to the makeup effects artist Thomas R. Berman, shout out to you because fantastic job. Mm. Uh, he didn't say which, but one of the, the props, one of the gory things that he made was realistic enough that the director threw up at the sight of it. <laughs> so that's a, just had a weak, Probably just had a weak stomach, but... <laughs> yeah, but he takes that as a compliment. But there's one, like, and the thing about this film, too, is, is the brutality in it. Like, it's going to sound silly when I say it, but when you see it and you're just watching, it's like, God, it's like, that's where... It's ridiculous in a sick way. Like a body falls out of a dryer, but then the dryer comes on, the body's like flopping around in the dryer, but it's hanging out of the dryer. Yeah. So it's like, turn the dryer off. Like, <laughs> God, like, you know, it's a woman you love. Turn the dryer <laughs> off. Or, you know, it's like, uh, you know, so it's like, it's, it's, it's visceral stuff in this film. You know, it's not, you know, the pickaxe goes in the air and comes down to the sound effect of, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's, it's brutal. It's really great. Uh, and also, if you're thinking, like, I'm not ever going to watch this movie, like, you know, whatever. Uh, keep in mind that Tarantino has cons- named this his favorite slasher film, which is pretty good praise for me if you, if, uh, whether, whatever you think of Tarantino, but to say this is your favorite slasher film over Halloween, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody told me that that I respected, I'd be like, and I hadn't seen it, I would check it out, is all I'm getting at. Uh, mm-hmm. Because to me, Halloween is, you know, just such a, such a phenomenal film for all the right reasons uh, in any genre. But, of course, I'm biased because I heart John Carpenter. But, uh, anyway, the caption near the beginning states Thursday, the February 12th, which means the next day is Friday the 13th in the film, <laughs> but the dance happens on Saturday the 14th. Mm. Uh, so it's almost like a reference, you know, almost like an in-joke that there, a Friday the 13th date happens in this slasher film, but yeah. it's not Friday the 13th. There's, you know... we. You know, it's just a day yeah. for us. Yeah, yeah. but they, they should have had a scene where, like, uh, the killer in this is walking, like, 
just Jason's passing by, like, you know, little nod and keep walking, like the rock and Schwarzenegger in the rundown. <laughs> little deleted scene, you know, or, or even sees a hockey mask in the store. You know, mm, yeah. nowadays that would happen. Back then, it was not, that wasn't common that. at all. Yeah. yeah, they weren't, like, we have to, no, don't have anything related to these ripoffs at all. We have to be unique. We can't have anything. You know, we can't have a shared horror movie character universe. Like, the fans would love that, so we can't put that in there. Ex- well, nowadays, you know, Freddy <laughs> yeah. vs. Jason proved it. Yeah. The highest grossing film of any of the franchises. Still waiting on Freddy vs. Jason vs. Ash, which should happen now, because Evil Dead's never been bigger. With the TV show and two seasons, going for a third, and a phenomenal show if you haven't been keeping up with it. Fantastic. Uh, mentioned before, you know, how the Friday 13th films cut out stuff. And now for like the first couple, you can't actually get uh, you know uncut versions. You mm-hmm. have to add those couple of seconds back. This film had five, more than five minutes cut out before it came out, mostly because it was released shortly after John Lennon died, and there was a major backlash against violent movies. That being said, this film is really freaking violent yeah. for a 1981 slasher film. Really violent. I mean, again, go back to Texas Chainsaw, which was late 70s, but and even Halloween, like there wasn't a lot of gore in those. You know, and of course, you look. You you have this memory of Texas Chainsaw being in super gory. They don't show a lot. It's all like suggested. And you know, when he puts her on the hook, the hook isn't shooting out of her chest, and she's screaming. Mm. I mean, she's screaming, but you know, there's not a lot of blood. When he's cutting the head off, you know, you just see that he's obviously the way the body's laying. He's obviously cutting the head off the dude. You know, it's not being sprayed with blood or anything. You know, it's that implied violence, which is just as effective when done right. And Halloween and Texas Chainsaw are definitely examples of that. Uh, but this one. To help differentiate it, this one is more Friday the 13th, but if Friday the 13th films were, you know, more brutal, if that's even possible, and it is if you watch My Bloody Valentine, in my opinion. Uh, the Neil Affleck uh, mentioned that the film identity of the film's killer was kept a secret even from the cast because filmmakers like the idea of the mystery being real among the actors, mm. which, upon watching it, you don't get that. <laughs> right, right. Now, however, maybe if you had better actors, more, let me put it, more quality actors to help convey that the sense of mystery about it because it's really never a mystery in this film until the end you're like oh it's not the actual guy it's this guy because the whole time they it's think it's, they think it's the the guy from the story in the bar come back mm. but it's not and like there's never a mystery it's you know it's only a it's only a shock that it's not him when the reveal happens in the last 3 minutes of the movie which is great you know in terms of like when you're watching it there's no indication that it's not this guy it just happens to be. Well, let me phrase it. They they do put a little like doubt in your mind because people show up like wearing the miner clothes. But again, it's mm. a mining town. Yeah. Or somebody have a gas mask going like, oh yeah, coming out of the mine. But it's never like, oh he must be the killer or he might be the killer. It doesn't really play like that. But it does to where like you're wondering who it is until literally it's kind of revealed. So good idea execution. Just in, huh, there's another fun for a horror movie. Mm. Uh, then come quite as well as it probably could have to make it more have that more more of that effect still a good thing to do on set just to hope that comes through uh, but again you know you got TV actors here for the most part uh, however uh, Affleck figured out that he was the killer when after being cast he was sent to the makeup effects department to be fitted for a fake arm that we ripped off uh, and in the script it said the killer gets his arm ripped off so that's how he figured it out uh, oh I'm getting my arm ripped off I must be the killer uh, so he, he figured it out before simply because of that, which is funny. <laughs> uh, body count for a horror film, pretty high, 12. And uh, these are all, all the deaths are pretty much shown. Uh, so, you know, 12. I'm trying to think of one that isn't. Yeah, you pretty much see all of them, to mm. my memory. 
Uh, so, you know, 12 pretty d decent kills. Uh, 2009 Remake, like I mentioned, that has a 5.5 on IMDb, so this one's still higher. Uh, Tom Atkins is in it, so it, uh, and uh, one of the guys from Supernatural. I don't watch that show, but I know a lot of people really, really like it. So I hear, uh, and that's about it. Uh, the, uh, and the remake, by comparison to the first one, the original had a 2.3 billion, billion, billion. million. Dollars. <laughs> that didn't show. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah. They wasted a lot of money on something. But uh, 2.3 Canadian uh, only made 5.6 uh, in U.S. dollars. Uh, the remake, however, cost 15 million to make. So roughly eight times the budget of the original to make the remake. Excuse me, I would imagine a lot of that went to the 3D cameras at the time. Uh, because, of course, new technology is always more expensive when it comes out. However, it made $51 million. So it made triple its budget, over triple its budget. So, you know, big, again, surprise there wasn't a My Bloody Valentine 2 3D because of it. Uh, and honestly, if there was and it was the same team behind the remake, I would go see it. Everybody knows my stance on remakes. I usually stay away from them. Mm -hmm. But because of my experience with the first one, you know, and, and there's a lot of podcasts out there, obviously, that review movies and everything. And I think at least the ones I listen to, because there's no way you can listen to every podcast. Right. Uh, but a lot of them are just so, like, serious. Like, this film is really, that's a film, this is just really bad, and I just can't get any enjoy, you know, like, mm -hmm. just overly critical, I guess what I'm saying. What's a poor movie? Yeah, like, <laughs> it's important to understand, too, like, you know, there are, we all like bad movies. Whether mm -hmm. if somebody wants to admit it or not, there's a bad movie that you like, mm -hmm. and you know it's bad, but you don't want to admit it, you know. Or you do admit it, and it's okay. Yeah, and you don't care, like us. <laughs> but, uh, all I'm getting at is that, you know, people tear, and we, I do it all, all the time on here, like Suicide Squad, that movie's shit. I'm not going to joke about it. I mean, that, that of course. I still I, haven't watched that based on your Good. Like, I, I promise you, dude, you're not, like, unless you have a heart on for Margot Robbie, like I do. So I had to watch it, obviously. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm also the type of person that I will watch a bad movie, even though I know it's bad. Mm. A, to see if it's really that bad, or just because it looks like it's going to be so bad it's good. And I've seen a lot of bad movies that are bad, bad, and I've seen a lot of bad movies that are bad, good. But all I'm getting at it simply is that, uh, you know, like uh, with the remake stuff like that, you know, we'd probably, it'd obviously, critical, critically, neither one of these are, is a darling. Mm. But among horror fans, the original My Bloody Valentine is still considered like a really good movie. And I agree with that statement wholeheartedly. Uh, and like I said, I had a good experience with the remake. So uh, if, you, if you watched the original and you liked it, uh, by all means, watch the remake and just see kind of the different, you know, how, how that movie, this movie would look made today or, you know, seven years ago, six years ago, whatever it was, uh, eight years ago, excuse me, since I can do math. I really can, I promise. Mm. Uh, and everything. And just imagine in 3D and just know that if you're watching the remake and you just the 3D was tip top. So, hmm. but uh, score wise for the original, I'd give it a seven. Uh, nice. It's a solid, it's a, like I said, I mean, I've said it several times, it, it's a good 80s horror movie. Uh, looking at the metrics on it, uh, let's see, I'm males age 30 to 44, gave it a six point right on the IMD DB. Yeah. Uh, I said seven, my closest demographic would be females my age at 6.3. The one female under 18 that gave it a rating. <laughs> oh, there it is, yeah. yeah. I missed one that one. Female. That wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> I don't have a female IMDB <laughs> account to help jack up these ratings. <laughs> that is for the original, so... Uh, Again, uh, definitely recommend it. If you haven't seen it, save it for Halloween. Or again, if you can get it between now and tomorrow, tomorrow being Valentine's Day, yeah, great movie to watch, yeah. especially if your significant other loves horror movies. I'm blessed that mine doesn't really care. I say, hey, you want to watch this? I don't care. <laughs> so I'm blessed with that, you know. 
Uh, so, yeah, definitely recommend it. Uh, let's see. Back to the Future. Uh, I had the extreme pleasure of watching John Wick 2 last week when it came out on Thursday, mm. and it is so damn good. That's good. Uh, I pretty much remember first doing the great. first one on here, saying how great it was to come out of nowhere and to be that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is... The second one's different, but it's the same, and I'll explain that. The first one, I've only seen it, saw it at the theater and saw it when it came out on Blu-ray. I don't remember it having as much kind of humor as part two does. 8.5. Yeah, it's awesome. It's It still has that same action to where it's just like, good God. <laughs> I mean, just the gun, you know, people call it gun, gun foo, but when I think of gun foo, I think of equilibrium. Mm. You know, more like, you know, to yeah. me, that's gun, gun foo. This, to me, is just tactical gunplay. Well, I mean, I take it back. You could, it is kind of gun foo, gun foo, because there is a lot more hand to hand intermingled with it in part two. I wouldn't say the first one's gun foo. I'd say it was much more just tactical, ta 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 ta, two, you know, one to the, two to the chest, one to the head, two to the chest, one to the head. Yeah. Uh, and this one, he does the same stuff he did in the first one, except with an AR and also a shotgun, which was so fucking badass. Mm. It, here's how badass it is. I mean, if you've seen the first one, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Basically, he shoots a dude with a shotgun in the leg to take him down, puts the shotgun on his chest to keep him pinned while he reloads it, pops it off into him, and then continues on his the action sequence. It's, mm. it's the action is is just it's there. It's you're you're if you're going to see part two, you're seeing it, you're seeing it because you like part one and you're going for the right reasons. You won't be disappointed. Yeah. There is a bit more humor in this one, not to where it's distracting. But just to where, the first one, I don't remember laughing. I remember just being like, damn, cool. Mm. Like, just being mm. like, good God. Like, this is because I've never seen anything like the first John Wick, like, in a film. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people bring up, uh, I think Ben might have been talking about on the Age of Mania podcast, or somebody did, like, you know, referencing, like, the John Woo kind of gunplay. To me, that's, that's a di- same ballpark, or same sport, different ballpark. Uh, you know, because John Wick's not jumping through windows to get shots or dangling off helicopters or anything like that. It's all like cover. You know, it's almost Gears of War as opposed to uh, Halo. That's a bad example because one's science fiction. Well, it's both science fiction, to be honest. But, I mean, John Wick's taking cover. He's actively reloading to copy Gears of War. (laughs) Uh, Unintentional pun there. This is the punny episode. Uh, But, uh, you know, that, that type of gunplay to me is really unique to this franchise now. And the ending, can't wait for part three. Fantastic. Uh, fantastic movie. Set up the trilogy. Uh, I, 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 I hope they do it. I mean, this one delivered on every everything that you wanted from the first one. This one's got it. Mm. They bump it up a bit. Again, a little more humor than I would have liked because I kind of like how, how dark the first one was. Mm-hmm. Very dark. And I'm, I'm, I, know, I know there are a couple of lighthearted moments in the first one, but not like this one. It seems there's... It's, it's never like during the action where it's detracting from what you're seeing. You know, so it, it's it's a, it's a good balance. I just don't remember, didn't remember that much from the original. Is all I'm saying. Mm. Don't go into it thinking, oh, it's a comedy. No, no, no. It just it seems like there's more comedy in this one, or more jokes being made in this one than the first one. This guy's directing Highlander. He's oh, only done remake. the two John Wicks. As long as it's not, well, that that will be interesting because he doesn't. Uh, they only have one director listed on it because of Directors Guild regulations or something. But it's actually mm. like a, the stunt team. Him and another yeah, guy that do it. Yeah, he's uh, so I wonder, 70 stunts. <laughs> yeah, like, and if you've seen this guy, like, take a hit before, like, and now he's, like, filming it. But, uh, yeah, whatever, as long as they're, they're doing action, 
I'm all on board. <laughs> that's the writer's IMDb. That's picture. a terrible IMDb. It's like a Facebook photo. <laughs> yeah, it's like that's so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> this is pretty much all he's done, I would say. Well, John Wick's his masterpiece. A TV series. Oh yeah, they're talking about like trying to develop like the TV series would more be in the the world of the assassins uh, type okay. thing, not necessarily follow John, which would be the right choice because keep him. He's the boogeyman. He's the top dog. Right, right. And if the show's about him, there's no mystique that he's going to live to see, to get out. Mm-hmm. You know, make it about that world. Like, you know, you never, you can have the main assassin character in the film die in the second episode. Yeah. You know, you have that freedom to like mess with expectations and make it. And of course, you know, maybe he encounters John Wick or they build on that mystique. Because yeah. the best thing both of these films do is make, before Keanu even has a, an action scene, you know he's a badass. Mm-hmm. Just this, you know, he once killed three men in a bar with just a pencil. That's mm. bullshit. There ain't no way. And then, like, you know, <laughs> the guy that you did see just kill, kick somebody's ass is true. I saw it. You're like, damn. And but then when he does step in to fight, it's just, you believe you believe it. Mm. It's there. Uh, but absolute highest possible recommendation. This this franchise is on fire. You know, it's really and especially these days. It, oh, let me rephrase that. It, it's a common thing in, throughout film history. It's very rare that a sequel surpasses an original. This one, I, I, it's hard to say surpass it because it's more. It is more of the same, but the story is there. The script is there. It's good because the first one just came out of nowhere and was just like, Damn, like, oh my god, you know. See, so you, you know, the the, the experiencing the first one for the first time was like amazing. Wow. But this one is right there with it. Like, I, I really can't say which one's better because they're both awesome mm. like i cannot wait like please make a part three yeah like you know make at least get a part three in there because they, they they cannot make a part three after the ending of this film it's phenomenal it's a fantastic ending one of the best endings to an action movie ever mm. and they do kind of rip off a particular science fiction movie that i've mentioned the ending on on the podcast i'll leave that up to you to figure it out when you've seen it uh but go see john wick 2 it is absolutely make see, see it in a theater i don't know if, i don't think there's a 3d option but that's you don't need that. Uh, you just need yeah, the sound. You just anyway. need that to hear those bullets yeah. and those shotgun blasts and everything. There is an amazing sequence in this film where him and Common are having a uh, not a, uh, a silenced pistol battle in a crowded subway where like they're shooting at each other with the pistols mm-hmm. silenced and like nobody knows anything. They're just like <laughs> it's that's cool. It's it's done. It's so you know you watch the first one like where are they gonna what are they gonna do. And when you see the second one, like, you're going to be like me. What could they possibly do in part three to make it more badass than they've done? Like, they've raised, they raised the bar in John Wick. They created the bar. They raised it in part two with what he's doing. Now they got to do that again. Mm. Jeez. And in 80s-related news, to tie it all in together, Keanu Reeves recently on, in a press tour for uh, John Wick mentioned that Bill and Ted 3 is still like, they're still trying to get it. They still want to do it. So mm. keeping our fingers crossed, dude. And like we mentioned before, is it going to be a phone booth? Or are they going to have to update it to something else? So we will what? see. But also, part of this Back to the Future, I'm uh, going to talk about ho- holiday horror, because ho- horror's always been, you know, horror and sci-fi are probably my two favorite genres, uh, growing up as a kid especially. Uh, you know, it's more so what holiday they don't have a movie made out of, but we'll get into that in a minute. But here's just some of them, of course. Halloween, mm-hmm. My Bloody Valentine, Thanksgiving, which is about a turkey killing people, yeah. which I never understood... Eli Roth, like, you know, I didn't mind The Green Inferno. I thought it was pretty decent for what it was. Overhyped, yes. But, you know, his trailer in Grindhouse for Thanksgiving, why haven't you made that yet, bro? 
That was like <laughs> that was so good. Like just take the trailer and make make it a movie. Like please, we we need a good Thanksgiving horror movie to go from Halloween to a good Thanksgiving movie to the plethora of freaking Christmas movies, <laughs> Christmas horror movies, such as the best one, Black Christmas. Uh, but Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, most recently Krampus, uh, Santa's Sleigh starring Bill Goldberg, which is phenomenal. <laughs> so great and terrible. And also, let's not forget The Ginger Dead Man with the voice of a gin- killer gingerbread cookie voiced by Gary Busey. That's all you need to know. one in there? Somewhere? Yeah, Jack Frost. Jack Frost. Yeah, yeah. Christmas has the most. Yeah. It has a, there's as many Christmas horror movies as there is Christmas regular movies. <laughs> it's ridiculous, really. Uh, New Year's Evil, Leprechaun, St. Patty's Day, obviously, April Fool's Day, Mother's Day, Graduation Day, Prom Night, uh, Uncle Sam takes place on the 4th of July, and of course, Friday the 13th for any Friday the 13th, and Sleepaway Camp for just a summer movie. Yeah. Uh, like I mentioned, Grindhouse had the Thanksgiving trailer. Get on that, please. Uh, there's no Easter horror movie. And before somebody immediately starts day. screaming... Yeah, that's what we're getting at. Like, what are the flag holidays? Day Massacre. <laughs> exactly. There's no... Let me play this. There is no... Uh, studio produced Easter horror movie. Right. There are some that like where the killer wears a bunny mask, but it doesn't take place on Easter. I've looked this up. So if you, but so let me ask you, my, our listeners, this: if you know an Easter horror movie, please send it to me. I want to see it. Mm. Uh, but you know, like you were mentioning, Jesse, uh, what about Columbus Day? Oh wait, that is a horror movie for the Native <laughs> Americans. <laughs> that was uh, based on a true story. Yeah. So that you know, that's already a horror bo- horror movie. Uh, Labor Day. Uh, you mentioned Flag Day. Yeah. Uh, Rosh Hashanah for our Jewish friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they need yeah. A, uh, but then also Inauguration Day. Oh, wait. That was a horror movie this year for half of the population. Yes. So that's been done. And that was my uh, pre-planned joke to work into this whole thing was the Inauguration Day one. Zing. So, yeah, there's still plenty of holidays out there. Any independent filmmaker, do something unique. Pick one of these holidays that haven't been done. Do it. Go for it. Mm. Uh Honestly, if there's going to be an Easter one, I'll prefer it's a giant rabbit Easter bunny. You got let's let's go the creature feature route. Oh, Jesse, let's see. Well, I'm looking at this thing called Holidays. It's an anthology. Um, puts a unique dark spin. So I'm guessing it's a bunch of people's different movies. Yeah, that'd be interesting. I'll yeah. watch that. Oh, see. right, right. Because I think Kevin Smith did one. Hmm. Because Harley Quinn, his daughter's in it. Um, <laughs> yeah, there it is. Directed by Kevin Smith. Segment Halloween. Oh, come on, bro. See, there's Let's a see. there's an Easter one in there. Father's Day. Mother's yeah. Day. Well, there you go. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. I like anthology films. There's one, that XX one's coming out, which the big deal is XX because women, XX chromosomes. Uh, but it's all like directed and everything by women. But more Seth importantly, Green. it's gotten good reviews from critics and it's supposed to be really good. So I'm really looking forward to checking that out when... It's at Sundance and got like really, really highly praised. So that's awesome. Looking forward to see that, seeing that. Hmm. Uh, let's see anything else. Uh, talked about Resident Evil Seven last time. Started playing Final Fantasy Fifteen. So if you're playing that, it's great. Uh, let's see. Oh, emails. Don't forget that. All righty. Time for emails. Don't want to forget that. Let's start with some good old one. Good old friends. Uh, good friend Ben White mentioned earlier in the podcast from the Asia Mania podcast. Uh, who probably by the time he's listening to this will have either be on the way to see Guns N' Roses in Australia or listening to it on the plane ride back. I talked mm-hmm. to him earlier today. He's seeing them, I think the concert's uh, tomorrow, our time. So he could, he's, you know, getting, as we're recording this, Ben, you're getting pumped up, you're getting drunk, you're getting pre-gamed <laughs> to see probably one of the best concerts you'll ever see if there was, if when I saw him here in the States was any indication. Uh, so congratulations. Be sure to let me know. I'm sure you will, but, you know, looking forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Uh, but anyway, he says, 
Hey guys, been a while, so I thought I'd chime in with a few things. First of all, I think Ghostbusters is overrated. I much prefer the second one. You're, I mean, I watched the second one a lot more than I did the first one, but that's only because that's all I had. Yeah, on VHS. I, I, we agree to disagree, Ben. The first one's way. I don't think it's overrated at all. The second one is great. Is fantastic. Uh, I just wish there was a third one that could compare to the first two. Mm. Uh, but he says also says when it comes to Christmas viewing traditions, I always watch Ernest Saves Christmas. Me too, man. He, he's just Ben is the Australian or Tasmanian Trey, you know. <laughs> Tasmanian Trey. Except he's really good at a sport. And or maybe you're the Australian Ben. <laughs> maybe I'm mean, the, the American, American Ben. ben I mean. No, no, it can't be. I'm not the clone. <laughs> I'm the real one. There's a movie. There's a show. There's a show. There's another show. Uh, but anyway, uh, Ernest Saves Christmas and the Christmas episode of the British show Bottom. Never heard of it, uh, but I'll look in, for, into it because. Always interested in seeing what other people are watching. Uh, in case you haven't heard of it, then it's one of its one of its two leads is Rick Mayall from Drop Dead Fred. Well, that's interesting. Hmm. Uh, we'll talk about it on Facebook, Ben. So yeah, if if, if you know uh, if you have any other Christmas traditions, let us know closer to Christmas. Well, you know you, you got one more week because since we had to do our Christmas story late. So, but uh, yeah, I mean any kind of recommendations for the holidays? Any holiday horror movies I missed? You know, always want to know what's out there that. I haven't seen or even heard of because you know different places of the country, different places of the world, different things are more popular, and there's always you're always missing something. You know, there's a band out there that I would absolutely love that I've never heard because of where I am. So always interesting. And now, speaking of a, you know how how our podcast is a blast of the past, going back to our hundred character battle, Ben says uh, back when you guys did your '80s character showdown, Ripley lost easily to RoboCop. So I tweeted way back then that Ripley should have been able to use the power loader. You guys completely forgot to bring it up. Would this have changed the outcome at all? I've been thinking about this all day, Ben. <laughs> First of all, we weren't doing the like we didn't. We're still not big on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I'm old. Fat, I'm still on Facebook. So if you did tweet and we never responded, sorry about that. Uh, when he, but everybody's on Twitter now. Like I, I need to like get, at least have some sort of presence because that's where we do have an '80s revisited account. Yeah, I'm pretty sure no one. I just never. Like, I just never do anything with it because you sent me all the information for it. Uh, okay, so it's on me. It's on, like I'm. I'm just stay on the Facebook like an old man. Just put it on your phone. I, I mean, that's the thing. I do have it on my phone. I just never. It's a different logo. That's probably why. Mm, maybe because we were gonna update the logo, but I forgot. <laughs> so whenever you do the logo tell me and i'll be the first tweet i'll do is update yeah. the logo we're okay but anyway uh i don't remember where that showdown fell in the uh in the countdown since it was like six episodes long been uh, so i don't remember like what we established the rules are but let's look at it uh if i think if i remember correctly and correct me if i'm wrong i think ripley had a gun and robocop had his gun so i think it came down if i'm I'm, I'm probably wrong recollecting. So let me just break it down if we started over. If we did it with, they both had a weapon, as in their guns, Robocop would still win because of his targeting system. Ripley, mm. Ripley's not a dead eye. I mean, he, he would have found He would ricochet. Weak spot. I give up. Fire one shot in the air. Bing, bing, bing. Pff, hit her in the head. Because that's where it's Robocop. I mean, he does have an innate advantage. Yeah. Uh, it seems like we, we remember talking that Ripley would have to get close enough to burn him with her flame thing and mm -hmm. it would only affect his face. So we don't even know if, if his that's biological true. component, like if his face burned off, his brain's still intact. He probably could still do stuff but he would just be horribly dis It'd be like freddy welcome to my world bitch <laughs> uh you know he would have evaded it you know as he saw that coming yeah i mean he and you know robocop he's so funny because his agility comes into play mm -hmm. like to where he doesn't evade things in one and two but then like in one when emil's charging with the van he easily like boop, boop, scoots out of the way of that, <laughs> a charging vehicle but uh let's say let's say 
Ripley did have the power loader. We know that Robocop could be ripped apart by a jackhammer, as in part two, totally dismantled. Mm. But the question is, if she's, the power loader is slower than Robocop. So she would have to, if she got him, it would all come down to if, he, if she could get hold of him, which I don't think would happen. He'd shoot her in the face. There's no armor in the power loader. Ripley had to dodge the alien queen's jaw. You're like, Ugh. Mm. So it comes, she'd have to disarm him from a distance to where he, he'd had to get close. Then if he got close, he does, he's, he's supposed to have like more speed and power, but the power loader again is lifting tons and stuff. So it would be stronger than RoboCop. If she could get him with it, she could easily probably rip his arms off. Yeah. But she has to get him with it. And mm-hmm. I don't think there's no way that would happen without, you know. The power loader was not intended for that use. Yeah. I mean, she put it to an amazing use. You're right. <laughs> but, you know, if, even if, even if like that, if the, you redid that battle and RoboCop's sitting there, he walks out. And then, like, you know, just like in the movie, the door opens, Ripley's standing there, come and get me, you bastard. Right. And he's just like, drop it! <laughs> Headshot. But even as a former human, he would have recognized the uh, intentions of the power loader and known how to handle it. Yeah. It, it, yeah the like, alien like, he, did not. Target. Yeah. That was all f- unfamiliar to the alien. Because so. according to Dark Horse Comics, they're all in the same universe, different time periods. Yeah. Robocop versus Terminator versus Alien versus Predator versus Judge Dredd. All this stuff, Judge Dredd is not Dark Horse, I know. But there's a current comic series with Judge Dredd versus Predator versus Aliens. But if you read comics, it's fucking awesome. Mm. So, uh, but anyway, yeah. So that's where I'm kind of leaning on that, Ben. Uh, you know, just let me know your thoughts. What you think? If missed anything? Yeah. Uh, great to hear. From, great to hear you guys getting back to the weekly rotation. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. Appreciate it. Uh, talk to you guys later. Still waiting patiently for the hard ticket to Hawaii episode. Like yeah. I'm telling him, every time I talk to him, it's coming. I'm just waiting to find a good time to watch it with some friends because it's not one I want to watch by myself. It's a deadly prey quality movie. I want to watch it with a group of friends. Mm-hmm. So, and then also uh, our good friend, speaking of a regular on the podcast, UK Lee, Lee Bragg from outside of South London, if I remember correctly, sent me a link from a pretty, it had to be Rhinestone, but it was a link to a Stallone video called Drinkenstein. Uh, just if you want to pull that up, just, just well, I'm not going to make y'all listen to the whole thing. Wait, what am I looking at? Uh, just maybe YouTube, Stallone, Drinkenstein. It is so, like, it's, it's you go into it already knowing it's going to be bad. But then as I'm listening to it, I'm just oh, like, geez. oh my, I, it's just like, God, this is, this is so humiliating for him. Is this the same movie? I'm pretty sure it has to be from Rhinestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, where else in other movie did he do anything? Hey, look at his jacket. <laughs> oh my gosh. He looks like he's not even into it. But wiser you created a monster, and they call him Frankenstein. Oh God. <laughs> it's so bad. I was cracking up at my desk listening to this. Thank you, Lee, for uh, sending that. And I, I still can't say I look forward to watching Rhinestone, but let me say, I, I will as long as I have a nice bottle of whiskey or something in front of me to go through. Because you needed to get through this. God. And this is, yep, and this is it wasn't like he was at a decline right here, really, you know? I mean, you got Rocky and Rambo going for it. Well, not part two, I think, but I mean... Why? Why lower yourself to this? Maybe because he thought he was going to get some dot Maybe there's to bang something him. wrong with his head in the movie or something. Yeah. May, I don't know. We'll find out. <laughs> to be continued on a future episode of 80s Revisited. <laughs> yep. There has to be. The way they're looking at him. <laughs> I don't know. We'll discover it eventually. Hey guys, taking a quick break from the podcast to ask you to please, please, please 
shoot on over to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. We love to hear feedback because, hey, let's face it, like the 80s, we're not perfect. Also, head on over to... <laughs> 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 so we screwed up this ad. Damn, now I get, got to get back to the show. This is 30 second ad. We only got eight seconds left. Oh, shit. We're still, oh, I thought you figured you'd do your okay, magical Amazon, editing thing. iTunes. And Stitcher. Reviews. Go get them. Thank you. Uh, we got a, a new email, or another email, I should say, from a new listener, uh, Roger Russell. Uh, he says, hey, Trey and Jesse, I found your podcast on iTunes a few months back, and I've been listening nonstop since, trying to catch up to the current releases. Snap. That recent holiday break you guys took and didn't release a new episode helped a lot. So that's actually why we did that's it. That's why we did it, yeah. Roger, we, we wanted to give new listeners a chance to catch up so everybody can be on the same page when we come back. Of course, he's not going to hear this for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he's, if he's going in order. Yeah. So when you, get to, when you get to this one, Roger, let us know. Yes. Just so we can kind of gauge your progress. Welcome to the year 2019. <laughs> in the year 2020. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyways, uh, I want to tell you guys how much I dig the show. Thank you very much. And relive my childhood with you guys. I was born in 83, so my uh, mm. memories are around or usually around 88 and later, but I had older siblings, so I got a huge dose of 80s movies, games, and pop culture through the end of the 80s and early 90s. Same thing with me. My brother was born in 85, so, uh, you know, even though he's more of a child of the, you know, literally the tail end of the 80s, 88, 89, going into, you know, most of his childhood was defined by the 90s, uh, because obviously of my childhood, he was introduced to, you know, He-Man and everything else. You know, I he, he was the one that collected Ninja Turtles, he had more than Ninja Turtles, whereas I still was like, you know, I eventually transitioned to Ninja Turtles too, obviously, because that mm-hmm. was the big thing. But I mean, that's why they interacted with our He-Man figures and everything else, you know. So having sib- older siblings in that era was like just as helpful as being born in it, you know. I mean, you were still subjected to it and everything, so that's a good thing. Uh, but let me see if I'm a place, you know, the 80s I consider is one of the greatest decades ever. I agree. From the uh, movies, music, games, TV shows, sports, etc., it was an amazing time in our culture and one that will never be repeated. It's a special decade that I think that I thank you both for loving it as much as me. I am having trouble downloading the games episode for some reason. I don't know if it's iTunes or Trouble on your end. Hopefully, I can download that Probably one. Probably Trouble on our end. <laughs> uh, and I'm a huge collector of '80s video games, especially that of the original NES. I could talk for hours on that subject alone and listen to others talk about it for hours as well. Great NES video games. Greatest NES video game ever made for, was Super Mario... Uh, sorry, it must be a typo here. Uh, ever made was Mario 3, in my humble opinion. But that fucker was released in 1990. <laughs> so, But if I had to choose an 80s release, that'd be motherfucking Super Contra. No argument there. Mm. That's, a, that's a good one. I would mind a weekly segment that would deal with the gaming side of the 80s instead of just one episode dedicated to the gaming. One of hopefully many, like at least more than the estimated 40 emails, Roger Russell. Roger, first of all, again, thanks. Appreciate the email. That's a, that's a long one, too. Thank you for taking your time, and you know, we appreciate the praises and everything, and we hope we can you know, hear from you again. But I will check the games episode just to see. Uh, of course, with Daniel here, Daniel was such a huge gamer in the 80s as well. Uh, you know, it was. Oh, he three. doesn't even know Daniel leaves yet. We don't, well, we don't know where he is. <laughs> he, might, he might be like, I, I can't. Oh, Daniel might read my email. Daniel's my favorite. Can't wait. <laughs> He's in for a wild ride. <laughs> well, at least, he, you know, at least, you know, you get to see how great the audio improved <laughs> from the yeah, early stuff. But uh, anyway, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll do what we can. Uh, the biggest thing, like, uh, I get in my head, like, oh, I need to do this movie. So, you know, we usually get stuck on movies simply because I'm picking the content and, like, uh, you know, next month, we already, already got next month planned. Uh, but that's, it's definitely a good idea. And uh, especially as, 
you know, some of these older franchises come back, I'll definitely like work, look at working that in. Like for example, Final Fantasy is a game from the eighties. I've been playing part 15, mm-hmm. uh, played every single other one, got all, I got one, two and three on my phone as we speak and tactics. Cause uh, it's one of the best, but anyway, you know, uh, 15 is fantastic. It's, uh, I was kind of turned off to it at first when the demo came out, but thank to, thankfully I have great friends who love Final Fantasy as much as I do. I'm like, no, you got to get the game. It's great. It's fantastic. Got it for Christmas. Loved it. Uh, you know, but going back to the original, still, you know, six is still one of the best. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was an eight. And looking at the eighties ones, I should say that was my favorite from that decade. And a lot of people like seven. I think Jesse seven's your favorite. Yeah, probably so. Uh, I'm a little more partial to eight and ten myself. Uh, eight really resonated with me because it came out in ninety nine, I believe nine nine ninety nine, uh, or was that the Dreamcast? <laughs> I don't remember uh. now. <laughs> that, might, that might have been the Dreamcast. But I, th- I think eight was either a ninety-eight or ninety-nine. I'm, I'm sure of eight, it. Eight was ninety-nine. Okay, good. February eleventh. Oh, oh, what? North America. Yeah, nine, nine, nine. Bam. You're boom. Right. Maybe I <laughs> uh, knew it was something like that. But anyway, that was like I had just gotten out of high school, and you know they're just getting you know that that game hit me. That game came out at the exact right time in my life to where it was just like God, I'm relating with these characters so much, and of course you know the uh, theories of eight are numerous as sands sand on the beach. Uh, and then mm. uh, ten to me was just the the ten to me still has the best characters of any of the games in the series. Uh, even Waka, as much as I didn't like him in the game, yeah. he won he won me over. Like just with his story and what happened, I still can't believe Lulu ended up with him. Bullshit. <laughs> Talking like it's a soap opera. <laughs> well, it kind of was with that one. I mean, your 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 teammates were so close closely knit in that one. It was just it was really good, except for the laughing scene. That's still one of the worst Final Fantasy moments. Come on, Luna, you just got to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. You too, but if you know what I'm talking about, you don't Yuna remember. Yuna or Luna? Yuna. Hey, yeah, Yuna. Yuna, Aran, Kamari, Lulu, Waka. The, like X2 and all that stuff? I did play X2, and it's like a lot of a lot of people I know quit before they got out of the girly part. And by girly mm. part, I mean like the whole pop singer thing. <laughs> uh, but once you get out of that, the first few hours past the, you know, the dress up Barbie part, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a great game. Is the combat system with the dress fears was awesome. Uh, and that's one thing I loved about 10. You could switch out your party members in combat. Mm. You know, bring them in, get that hit, get that experience, bring them in, get that hit, get that experience, back to my main three. Bam, mm. bam, bam. Need a heal? Need, need to bump up, uh, bump up damage output? Boom, boom, right there. Loved it. Uh, whereas in X2, it was all about like changing your dress fear. So you're changing your job mid-battle, which you could do in some of the other, older ones. If I remember correctly, uh, and everything, but X two, it was a good sequel. I, the thirteen ones, I didn't play all up. I didn't finish all of them. I finished the second one. I didn't finish the third one. I like and I like the third X thirteen three better than I like two. I just my PlayStation one, my original or excuse me, not original PlayStation. PlayStation three broke, and of course uh, four isn't backwards compatible. So I never. That's one reason why I never finished thirteen uh, three. Although I loved it, because that's when they, they had like almost like the dress sphere type system for lightning in that one, and it was it was fun. It was really good. I like I liked it a lot. Just you know, never finished it. And I really, you know, as a whole, I don't like the sequels. Just make a new one. They've, Final Fantasy stories have always been self-contained. Like this is their this is the story, and then what about the recent online one? Did you talk about that already? I mean, I love those, but I mean, yeah. those never end, you know. And you're right, and you're creating it. It's it's a different experience when you're creating a character and you're you're making your own story. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when you play D and D, you know, you make a character and you're watching, you know, you're influencing their story. Of course, on a much more micro level than 
Final Fantasy game. But 11 and 14, like 11 was the first MMO I played, and it was like the, the nights where we stayed up, you know, from sunset to sunrise <laughs> playing that game were just amazing. You, know, you couldn't jump in that game, right? I don't remember. Uh, yeah, I'm I don't remember sure you, you could. You couldn't. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember that you could, so you couldn't. Yeah, because that's what I remember being like. Oh god, this is annoying. Yeah, it was. It's really like weird. <laughs> like at the time, because you know, especially again, that was the first MMO I played. Right. I played the EverQuest beta on PlayStation Two, mm. but you know, I was like, this sucks. And then like, but of course, you know, Final Fantasy going into that realm was amazing. Like for its time, it was so much fun. Uh, and then of course, the WoW Revolution. That's why fourteen. You know drastically changed up how the game played and everything and 14 played 14 for a year loved it just you know nowadays it's hard to play an, uh, an mmo mm-hmm. like back in the day in 17 yeah. we all had part-time jobs and finished up school and or college and everything so we could play all night and not worry about it. nobody had kids yeah none of that kind of crap now like you know there's there's some fantastic mmos out there i'll never play because there's i just can't i don't have the time i can't dedicate that much time to a game uh, especially when I, and I, the point of MMO is playing it with your friends. Mm-hmm. You know that's that's the point of it. I mean, in my opinion, you know that's yeah. why I play them. Like, if a couple of my friends are getting a game for the multiplayer aspect, I'll get it because I want to play with my friends. I want, like that's the point of it. And that's some people want to be the best, and you got to give up your life to do that. Yeah, our friend Randall did that. Like he still plays fourteen. Really? Yeah. Jeez. But I mean, he he did it. Like, he he's hardcore, and I'm like when he same thing with eleven. Like he blew, like. When we were playing 11, we all stayed within a one level. Our, our agreement was, okay, you, we can level on our own, but let's stay within a level of each other. Yeah. Because in Final Fantasy 11, you get into, ran into problems. Yeah. If Randall was three levels ahead of us, either he would get less experience or we would get less experience because it didn't scale. It scaled but based on the highest member of your party. If you're he's 20 and we're killing level 21 things, we're getting less. If we're like, say, 19 or 18, there was a, mm-hmm. there was a range. There. I think it might have been like four or five levels where it dropped off. But we didn't want we wanted to play everybody to play together. So you know we didn't want to get these wide range of levels to where mm. you know either some people were not getting enough or some people weren't get you know getting too much. You know it was in eleven you had to have a fine balance to it. In fourteen it scaled based on your level. So you know you could I could go in as a level sixty when I quit playing, mm-hmm. and you know if you were starting I could like you know just watch your back help you know get the boss down to one hit let you get hit and it doesn't affect you at all. Yeah. You know, so that made a huge difference. Hmm. Uh, but in a nutshell, Roger, you know, again, thanks for writing in. Uh, I'll definitely keep that in mind, try to work in more game stuff. Uh, it's just, honestly, my memories of gaming <coughs> back then are, are the same as everybody else's because that was in its infancy, you know, with the NES coming out. I mean, Mario, Zelda, Metroid. Yeah. You know, so there's, and it's, of course, being a child of the 80s, we know, you know, and like today, we're like, oh, a game comes out, I'm buying it. You know, my game, our game collections now are, you know, 10 times what they were when we were kids, unless you were, like, super fortunate <laughs> back mm. in the day. I've told the story before. Like, I remember Mortal Kombat 2 for Genesis was coming out. It was with tax, like, 7247 or something Jeez. like that. I had an atomic fireball container, empty, and that's where my change went. Brought that son of a bitch <laughs> up to Babbage's, put it on the counter, said, give me Mortal Kombat 2. Wow. Uh, you know, so that's the way it went back then. Just, you know, I, I personally, we rented a lot, but also in renting... That means I didn't get to beat a lot of them because we bring it back and then you never got to rent it again. By that time, you didn't care, mm. you know. So, but that doesn't mean that we don't have things to say about some of the ones. So, I'll definitely look into that and work some of that in any way I can, because you know we are, we are you know ninety percent of our content is movies, but we talk about a little bit of everything or try to at least. So, I will try to bring some more of that 
into there for you. So appreciate it. Write us again. Let us know how we're doing. And let, again, let us know when you catch up and you actually hear this. <laughs> so we know you might That's be good like, point. at least then you have a pre, you then like in a year when he hears this, <laughs> like, oh, oh, good. Now, finally, yeah. I'll get some more video game stuff. We have tangents all the time in previous episodes. So, yeah. But uh, don't forget, uh, you can reach us online via email at 80srevisited.com or 80srevisited at gmail.com, mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter at Awesome Pods, Facebook at Awesome Pods, on the internet also at Awesome Pods. Also on Twitter at 80srevisited. Okay, it's both? Or is... Well, 80srevisited has its own now. Okay. So it's at 80srevisited. Do you... This is totally... At 80srevisited, yeah. Gotcha. This is like a total tangent, so if somebody knows this out there, on your phone app on Twitter, can you have like multiple accounts signed in at mm-hmm. once? You got to like sign out and um, sign in. I think you can have them, you can have them all on your phone. And you just have to click which one you want to see okay. at the time, I think. I'll get with you before I leave, and I'll at least get it on there to where I can do it, my, you know, because uh, everybody's on Twitter now, <laughs> like, you know, just same thing like back in the old MySpace Facebook days, like, some, oh, I'm on MySpace, oh, I'm on Facebook, I'm never switching, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and I think uh, we were talking at the, we, were, well, we all went camping this past weekend, and one of the conversations was like, yeah, because everybody's parents are on Facebook now, so that's why everybody's on Twitter and Instagram, they want to get away from the older people who are mm. just now adopting Facebook. So I got to keep up with the times myself. But uh, also, don't forget our shout-outs. Uh, good friends, uh, both far and near. Uh, John and James and Now versus Nostalgia. John, uh, I don't think we found your jacket yet, but hey, you haven't heard from no, y'all. No, I you, you found it? Yes, yeah, You actually found it? Yeah. Okay, we still have your jacket, for certain. <laughs> I know we were trying to find it last time I brought it up. I mean, Louisiana winters being what they are. Yeah. Eh. I got an awesome new jacket this last year for like winter. Knowing full well, like I'm going to get to wear this Two or three times, but zero times. Yeah. Probably. Oh, I got to wear it once when we went to California. <laughs> that was. Uh, okay. I got to. I didn't get to wear it here. It, it's from. Uh, it's a really. Uh, I was like, oh, this jacket's so cool. I need a good jacket. Mm. But this is way too thick for here. But I'll need at least the one few day, one or two days. It's cold. I'll have a jacket that I can wear. Mm. And sure enough, that's all that happened because of these fucking winters. Shame. But anyway, uh, and then also, uh, you know, John, I know you, uh, I know you still listen uh, when you can, so you know, still looking forward for anything you guys put out. And of course, our good friend, as I mentioned before, Ben Why with the Asia Mania podcast. Uh, check him out uh, to get all the latest stuff from there. Uh, his, his format's a little more like, you know, kind of more talking like ours is, general uh, shooting the shit before he gets onto the topic, which uh, I like personally, catching up on movies and video games and everything. Mm-hmm. And our former Geekly Dose host, Tim Bridgewater, has his own Rock the Dragon podcast still going strong. Uh, check that out on iTunes, and he's on Stitcher and everything else, just like we are. So there's uh, like 80 episodes in existence of that show he's following, but he's only on like the fifth one. So oh wow, so at least 75 more episodes of content. <laughs> yeah, he's got a long road ahead of him. Yeah, so hey, there you go. Lot to look forward to there if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. All right, and next week we're gonna round uh, finish out our February episodes with a little Black History as we cover the Carl Weathers classic, <laughs> or is it? Tune in next week to find out as we cover Action Jackson. Ah. Right here on 80s Visited. Until then, I remain Trey Harris. Jesse Sedgley. Cowabunga. Oh, that was an awkward whistle. I was trying to breathe in like a gas mask with a whistle. Like Darth Vader. Yeah. So I should, they should redo the movie and or just do the movie and instead of where he's breathing, just add. It almost sounded like that at the beginning when we played the sound clip. Well, it's more clean, like. Like an actual... Like mask. heavy breathing, yeah. Instead of... <laughs> they should just redo it and add the Vader breathing. <laughs> and lightsaber sounds to yeah, the big yeah, Every time he... <laughs> there you go. That's probably on YouTube already. Yeah.
find this show and more on facebook.com slash awesomepods and follow us on twitter at awesomepods 